Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. Uh, my sincere apologies about the change in schedule last night, uh, but at least I could hear the video. It was clear enough that you could hear it, unlike last week's from New York, which was a disaster. Uh, we are starting a fresh Mishnah halfway down on Nun Gimel on the Bays, and we're going to be going uh, about two thirds of the way down a little bit more um, on Nundalad Amid Bays, and then uh, the last uh, last couple of blood. I think the game plan is going to be that we're going to we're going to hold the CM at Mark's house on Thursday night. Uh, details to follow. Uh, let's get started again. Fresh Mishnah Nun Gimel Amid Bays, in the middle of the page, eight lines into the wide lines. The Mishnah here is kind of uh, picking up a little bit on our previous Mishnah. In the previous Mishnah, we spoke about the Mahalech. Of um, uh, of the Nisu Chamayim, and we said that with certain parts of the Nisu Chamayim, there was Tkiyas Shofar. Now, this wasn't unique. Tkiyas Shofar was a regular feature of the Beis Hamikdash, and in fact, the Mishnah says as follows: In Pochsin Mi Esrim Ve'Achas Tkiyos B'Mikdash, in the Beis Hamikdash, in any one day on a regular day, there were no less than twenty-one Tkiyos. And when we say Tkiyos in this case, it means a set Tkiya Tru Tkiya. We're talking about like like when we do now, when we do like a, let's say in the mornings on. That's what we're talking about is one set. That's considered one tkiyah. So there's a minimum of that. And the maximum comes out to 48. What was the regular day? So the Gemara says as follows. There were 21 tkiyos in the base of Mikdash. How did the numbers work out? Well, this math is easy. Three, when the doors to the Beis HaMikdash were opened. So that's three, that's easy. Nine for each, nine sets of tkios for each of the korbanos tmidin. And 18 plus three is 21. And that would be an absolute minimum. On a day when there was Musa, four lines into the new Mishnah, Anun Gimel Amid Beis, Uve Musaf and Hayim Osif and Od Teisha. We're going to spend some time on this line in the Gemara. Uve Erev Shabbos, and on Erev Shabbos as a warning system, Hayim Osif and Sheish, they'd add an, an additional six. What were those six? The first three were as follows. Shalosh Lahavtila Sa'am Mimalacha. The first three were to tell people we're getting very close to Shabbos. You need to stop what you're doing if, in fact, it is malacha. And then the final three, to actually draw the line in the sand that immediately following that last kia would be shkia or whatever, a couple of minutes before. It was that point when we no longer did any more malacha. Erev Shabbos, Shabbosochachag. This is going to be an Amud's worth of discussion. Why did the Gemara pick this? Why does the Mishnah pick this as the example? When you have Erev Shabbos that's in the midst of Sukkis, Erev Shabbos, Shabbosochachag, Hayusham Arbaim Mishmona. And this is the example of the maximum. And the Gemara is going to be bothered by this because there are other similar types of maximum. Why did we, why did we pick this one? Well, how do we get to the number of 48 in this case? Shalosh Lepsichas Sha'arim. Three as the, the gates opened. Shalosh Lashar Elyon, Shalosh Lashar Atachton. Three at, uh, and the Nisu Chamayim flow from one gate uh, on the higher part of the Beis HaMikdash and down to the eastern gate. The Shalosh Lemilui Hamayim. Three uh, sets of Tkios when they were actually filling up the containers with the water for Nisu Chamayim. The Shalosh Al Gabe Hamizbeach. Three when they were at the Mizbeach. 
9 for each of the Tamidim, which is another 18. On that particular day, remember the case, it was Erev Shabbos, but it was Tochachag. So that day of Sukkot had a Korban, which was an additional nine sets of Tkios. And it was Shalosh Lehavdil Es Amin Amalacha, Vishalosh Lehavdil Es Ben Kodesh Lechol, because it was Erev Shabbos. And we had to make distinctions between Yantif and Shabbos. So we had those Tkios as well to make sure that everybody was on the up and up as to when Shabbos would start end of the Mishnah. So we saw our minimum of 21. We saw our maximum of 48. The minimum of 21 was a regular day. The maximum of 48 was on a day when Erev Shabbos fell out in the midst of Sukkot. This whole Mishnah speaks about the requirement of Tkios in the Beis HaMikdash. On Yantif, that's Mutter, and on Shabbos it's not. So we had to make sure people knew when Shabbos was starting, because they were taco cooking. So it was Erev Shabbos, which was leading in, let's say, day four of uh, Sukkot. You're doing Nisuch and you have to make sure that people know that, right, the Malachas Sochal Nefesh was the distinction. Correct. So the Gemara here opens three-fourths of the way down on Nun Gimel Amid Beis with a bit of a challenge. Masnisin, it must be that our Mishnah is the Loki Rabbi Yehuda. Why? Why is our Mishnah not like Rabbi Yehuda? What did we just say that our Mishnah has a minimum of 21? What does he say? Tatanya, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, ha-poches lo yivchos misheva. He changes the numbers entirely. The lowest number of, uh, of Tkios is seven, and the largest is 16. So says the Gemara, what, what is exactly is going on here? This new Brisa that we just saw at the open of the Gemara, he holds Tkia Trutkia Achasi. He's not, he's not saying the Metzias in sounds are different. He's saying the Metzias in Halacha is different. Tkia Trutkia, according to him, is only one. What was the minimums in the Mishnah? Twenty-one, but but he, but he, but that's but our Mishnah holds that the three that happened, each one was a mitzvah. Tkiya was a mitzvah, and Trua was a mitzvah, and Tkiya was a mitzvah. And this sheet, the Rabbi Huda holds that there was. So really, it's the same thing. They're just scaled. What's seven times three? Twenty-one. What's sixteen times three? Forty-eight. All the numbers are the same. What they're arguing about is when they when you do a set of Trua Tkiya of Tkiya Trua Tkiya, whether or not that's three mitzvahs or one mitzvah. Rabbi Yehuda was of the opinion that it's one. And Rabbanan, in our Mishnah, no, they hold that each of those sounds is a separate mitzvah, in which case our Mishnah should therefore do what it does, which is enumerate to 31, to 21, excuse me. And therefore our Mishnah is clearly not like Rabbi Yehuda. This feature, this fact will come up in a little bit about Rabbi Yehuda because the Gemara is going to try to say that another part of our learning today is, is like Rabbi Yehuda. We'll come back to this a little bit later. Why do each of these shitas hold the way that that they do. Why does Rabbi Huda hold that each, uh, that all three sounds are one mitzvah? And why do the Rabbanan hold that each sound is its own mitzvah? Says the, the Gemara as follows. My time de Rabbi Huda. We're going to be skipping all of the parentheses as we move through the next few lines. Amar Kra, because the Pasuk says, Uskatem Chirua. It doesn't say Utratem Chirua, right? It says Uskatem Chirua, which means that you're referring to the Chirua as a Tkiyam, which means that they're all one and the same. And therefore, they're all, uh, they're all going to be considered one. The Rabbanon, what do the rabbis do with that drasha? They say it with that pasuk. They say that's not the right way to learn the pasuk. How do the rabbis learn the pasuk? Our Baalei HaMishnah, who hold that each and every sound is its own mitzvah. All that pasuk is coming to teach you is that when you do a trua, you need a tkiah beforehand and a tkiah afterwards. Right, you, David, you've been the mockery for years, right? So what do you do? 
Tkia, the Rav does Tkia, and then whatever the middle one is, it's a Trua, Trua Gedola, whatever it is, or Trua or, uh, or uh, Shvarim. So then in that case, you, they, what, you, they're bookended each time with a Tkia. He says, the Rabbonin say that's shot in the Pasuk, but it's not to teach you that each one is a separate mitzvah. And then after the parentheses again, what is your reason for holding that each one is a separate mitzvah? You have, you, all you did was argue against the Pasuk of Rabbi Yehuda. We don't know what your thoughts are. So the Rabbanon would answer, the Balea Mishnah of our Mishnah right here would say, as the Pasuk writes, when you're gathering the people, said, you should do a tzkia and not a trua. Ah, so here's the deal. These alkadaitach were four lines from the bottom in Gemalamud base. These alkadaitach, and if you're of the opinion that Tkia Trua Achas, if you want to say, Rebbe Huda, you say that all of them are, are all one, that it's only one mitzvah to do all three. Absolutely not. How do I know that that's not true? Amar Rachmana Palga the mitzvah Avi to Palga If in fact they're really one, so this pasuk is indicating a distinction between your one. You, you just you just cut a hair. You, you're, you're, you're dicing into nothingness. It doesn't make any sense because if the Pasuk is going to say that you should do a tzkiah and not a true, it implies that those are not the same things. So therefore, it must be that each sound is distinct and separate. So says the Gemara, that's not a good argument. Rabbi Huda he pushes back on the Rabban and it says, Hahu, that Pasuk is Lissimona Be'alma. When they're doing a tzkiah and that Pasuk, that's only to catch people's attention. It's not a halachic, Shofar blowing like, like, like we have in the Mikdash, um, Huda. So that's what it's coming to teach. So Virabonan, how would the Rabbanan respond to Huda? They agree, you're right, it's Simana, Simana, who I do agree that it's only as a simon, it's just to capture people's attention. However, the Rahmana, the fact that it was a Kodesh Baruch Hu, was the one who said it, Shavya Mitzvah, that makes it equivalent to a mitzvah, enough for me to learn that a Trua and a Tkia are in fact distinct. And therefore, like our Mishnah holds, and not like Rabbi Huda, but rather like the Rabbanan, that each sound that the Shofar makes is its own mitzvah. Part one. Part two. Now, we just learned the two shitas of Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbanon. And the Rabbi Yehuda holds that the tkia, trua tkia set is one mitzvah, whereas the Rabbanon hold that tkia, trua tkia is three mitzvahs. Now we're going to learn a statement uh, in the Gemara of Rav Kahana, and we're going to try to figure out with whom does he align more, with Rabbi Yehuda or the Rabbanon? Says the Gemara, Keman Azla Hada Amar Rav Kahana. With whom is, is, is he more like, like the Rabbanon or like Rabbi Yehuda? What is his line? Last line of Nun Gimel Amid Beis. Ein bein tkia below klum. There's nothing between a tkia and a trua. Okay. So says the Gemara, Kiman, who is that like? It must be Rabbi Yehuda, which makes sense. Because Rabbi Yehuda holds that they're all one mitzvah. So if you had to pick between the two, you have uh, someone who says a statement, trua and tkia have to be really next to each other. Does that sound more like the Rabbanon who hold like they're separate mitzvahs or more like Rabbi Yehuda? They're one mitzvah. It sounds more like Rabbi Yehuda. A lot more like Rabbi Yehuda. So says the Gemara, uh, yeah, I agree with you, Pshita. In fact, it's it's pretty obvious. Top of Nandal and Amadalef says the Gemara, that's not so obvious. Maudetema, it might be the case that the line of Rav Kahana, where he says, it might be that it's a filu kerabanan, even according to the rabbis who hold that a trua and another tkia and another trua are separate mitzvos. How can it be that it makes sense that this line of Rav Kahana could fit with the Rabbanan? Because maybe what the Rabbanan are doing with this line is trying to exclude a more severe shita. What is this more severe shita? Says the Gemara, Ula afuke mid Rabbi Yochanan. What does Rabbi Yochanan say? Da Amar, he says, Shama teshat kios, betesha shaos bayom yatsa. There's a wild shita that if you uh, hear shofar disconnected, discontiguous from one another over the course of nine hours of the day. So Rabbi Yochanan says, You're yotze. 
So maybe this line of Rav Kahana is like the Rabbana. Rav, Rav Yochanan wants to say, you hear it over nine hours. You rush Hashanah, you start. Hopefully our davening will not be that long. But if you have something that starts at 9 a.m. and it goes until 5 p.m., you're packing it in. Every hour you do another set of tekiyos. Rav Yochanan says you're Yotze. So says the Gemara, maybe what Rav Kahana really means, now look back at the line, no Rav Yochanan, there cannot be a gap like that, Rav Yochanan. So maybe therefore, Kamash Malan, third line of Nundal, the Manalev, that uh, maybe we should say that it's uh, that this uh, statement of Rav Kahana is like the Rabbanan and they mean to exclude Rav Yochanan, Kamash Malan, but it's not that way. And that's why we had to say that it's like Rav Yehuda. Says the Gemara, but wait a second, why don't we say, in fact, like you just recommended, you, you teed up and tried to knock down an idea. Why can't it be that Rav Kahana is knocking out Rav Yochanan? Why does, it, why, why does it have to be the way you said it? There's two possible ways to say it. So the answer is the Gemara, Why then would Rav Kahana have said the language of Velo Klum? If this statement of Rav Kahana was to be like, uh, like Rav Yehuda, so then we understand. If you're going to say it's like Rav Yochanan, that uh, that it's like like the Rabbanan rejecting Rav Yochanan. So then the words Velo Klum are a little too intense. So therefore, we assume that it would not have been said by the Rabbanan for this purpose to to exclude Rav Yochanan. And therefore, we fall back on our answer that the line of Rav Kahana of Ein Bein Tkiel, the true Velo Klum, is like Rav Yehuda. And the reason why it's not Pashat is because there is a Havamina that maybe it could fit like the Rabbanan, Kamash Mulan, that it cannot. Now, uh, for the astute, I was not among them. Uh, for the astute who learns this Mishnah, you'll notice that something was missing. In the previous Mishnah that we learned, not, to, not the Mishnah we just learned today, in the previous Mishnah we learned, we said that during the Nisu Chamayim process, when they walked down the stairs from the uh, section from the Ezra Yisrael down to the Ezra Nashim, we said that they blew shofar on the stairs. And that is missing in our Mishnah. Why is that missing in our Mishnah? So it says the Gemara, four, four lines down. We said the example in our Gemara, but what's missing? See, in our Mishnah, it left out what we learned a Mish, two Mishnahs ago, which is that when you're going down the stairs, there were two Kohanim that went down the stairs, they blew shofar on the 10th stair. Remember, we said we don't know what the 10th stair is. We don't know if it's five with 10 to go or 10 with five, so we don't know. But but it certainly, we talked about it to Mishnahis. They go, what, what happened to it? <laughs> why? Maybe it shouldn't be that the minimum is 21. Maybe the minimum should be 24. Well, why did this happen? So it says the Gemara Svalos, most nisan money, it must be that our Mishnah is like the sheet of Rabbi, of, of Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakovi. Titania, the Brisa writes, first the Tanakhama Shita, Titania, Shalosh, Lama'ala Asiris. We do three tkios on the 10th step. And here's the unique Shita and the author of this current, this current Mishnah we're learning, but not of the one we learned yesterday. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Omer, Shaloshal Gabe HaMizbeach. No, we don't do three tkios on the stairs. We only do it on the Mizbeach and we don't do the ones on the stairs. And then this Brisa explicitly states that these two Shitas are mutually exclusive. HaOmer Lama'ala Asiris, the one who says that we do tekiyas on the tenth step, eno omer al gabe hamizbeach. He holds that you don't do the tekiyas by the mizbeach. The haomer al gabe hamizbeach and the shita, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, in this case, who says that we do tekiyas by the mizbeach, eno omer lamalo asiris. They hold that you don't do the tekiyas on the tenth stair. So the short answer to the question is, is that we have a machlokas in Mishnayas. The Mishnah that we learned on Nun Gimel Beis is like the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, who holds that you are not to do tekiyos on the 10th step. Masha'en came, the Mishnah that we learned um, on Nun Aleph Beis, where it does speak about 
um, doing tchios on the tenth step. That's the other shita. That's the shita of the Tanakama in the Brisa that we just saw right here, ten lines down or so, even less on Nundal Ramadan. So then let's get into the details. My time is Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. Why does Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov hold that one should not do tchios when he is when the Kohanim are walking down the stairs? So what he says is as follows. Once we have a standard that the tkiyos should be done when one walks through the threshold of a gate in the Beis HaMikdash, so then what threshold are you crossing on the 10th stair? That's extremely arbitrary. You're literally walking down the stairs like, oh, hold on, 10th stair. Why? So you're blowing shofar now? Why? He said, Lamala Asiris, High Lav Sharhu. If your if your bar for tzkia is doing something significant like walking through a shar, fine, fine. But what's with the tenth stair? So therefore, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov says nothing happening. We don't do the tzkia there. Hilkach. Therefore, al gabe hamizbeach adif. It's better to do the tzkia on the mizbeach to do the set of tzkias on the mizbeach instead of doing so on the stairs. Verabbanon, the sheet and the brayse that we saw a couple of lines ago, who say that we do do the tzkia on the tenth stair. Savre, they hold since not all of the tzikios were rooted in walking through a shar, right? Some of them were just collecting water, granted for an important purpose, but it wasn't like you walked over a threshold, you were just collecting water. So since we see that one is allowed to do and required to do tzikiyah by milui hamayim, what's with the that, that That's the end of the road, but it's not as fundamental as gathering here. So therefore, I would rather do the 10th stair. Now, the Gemara is extremely unclear here as to what is magical about the 10th stair. That's true. So uh, Alpider Hadrush, the Maharsha, writes here that the world was created, as we know, uh, with the name of a Kodesh Baruch Hu, of Yud Hey. And he says here that the 15 Shiramalos is rooted in that idea. The 15 stairs are representative of the Yud and Neva Kodesh Baruch Hu creating the world. And therefore, there is a reason to be Tokea. You are walking over the threshold of Bria when you go down that 10th stair. That was on the Marsha speaks about this earlier in the Masechta. That's a very nice idea, but it's certainly not. Uh, it's not in the words here. That's for sure. The Gemara doesn't say that, but that's how the Marsha understands what's going on here and why, even though it appears from the language of the text itself, that it's somewhat arbitrary that we're Tokan the 10th stair, but there is what to be said for it. So that's what the Gemara says. Hilkach, Lamaila, Ha'asiris Adi, for one third of the way down, Anundal Ramadal. The Gemara continues. Ki asa Rav Acha bar Chanina midroma. When Rav Acha, we're going to be talking about this for a bit. When Rav Acha came from the south, Aisi Masnisa biyade. He brought with him a Mishnah. Uh, he brought with him some sources in the Tanaim that others had not heard. Let's see what the Brisa said. The pasuk reads, Uvne Aron Akohanim Yiskau Bechatzotzros that they should be uh, blowing on the Chatzotzros that they should be making sounds with the horns. Uh, it really didn't even need the verb here in this case, because in this context, it already said it. We already had the use of the word, and the Torah, the real estate is, is king. So why would you say the word tkiah twice? So there must therefore be a purpose for the word of, Yis, uh, the word of Yisko. And says, Rav Acha, quoting the Brisa that he had in hand, token that with every korban musaf, it's a little hard to understand the words here. That's why we'll see a, a commentary in a second. Everything is focused on the musafet. 
What, what does that mean? So says uh, Ravacha, says the Gemara, Hutani Lavahu Amarla, he brought the Mishnah, Ravacha, and he explained the Mishnah to say as follows Lomar, this comes to teach us, Shetoken Alkol Musaf Umosaf, that whenever we have a day where two Korbanos Musaf coincide, you would do nine sets of Tkios for each of those Korbanos. That happens sometimes. Like when we're davening, sometimes you'll see in the, if it's two korbanos, al korbanos, right? It's in the plural, shnei korbanos, whatever the language is, because we have multiple things going on. So according to this sheet of Ravacha, in the times of the Beis HaMikdash, based on the Brisa that he brought from the Dharam, from his Rabbeim in the South, he held that every time we had multiple korbanos in a particular day, it was just nine, nine, nine. Every time there was an extra korban musaf, we added nine korban, nine tkios. Says the Gemara, that's not so simple. Tanan, we have a Mishnah. We said it said in our Mishnah that Erev Shabbos Shabbosochachag Hayasham Memches Isa, If your theory is right, why would our Mishnah give an example of forty-eight of Erev Shabbos Shabbosochachag? Listen, Shabbos Shabbosochachag. Don't give me Erev Shabbos. Give me Shabbos that coincides with the Chag, and then I have to add another korban. Forty-eight plus nine is much more. It's fifty-seven. But because it's not Erev Shabbos anymore, Erev Shabbos had a special set of six tkios because now the case would change to Shabbos and Yonta, we don't need those six anymore. 57 minus six is 51. So the question the Gemara is saying against Rav Acha's idea, if Rav Acha is right, that every Korban Musaf brings an additional nine sets of tkios, so then something, then the math doesn't work, then the maximum should not be 48, the maximum should be 51, when you have Shabbos that coincides with the Chag. So answers the Gemara, Amar Rav Zera, and this is going to get blown out of the water, Amar Rav Zera, Lefi She'in Token L'Psichas She'arim B'Shabbos. Rav Zera says, well, in the case that you contrived of having um, Shabbos that uh, is coupled with a Chag, so there's two Korbanos of Musaf, number should be 57, but because it's not Friday anymore, it's Shabbos, so we take away the six that we no normally did before Shabbos to make people not do Malacha, all true, but Reb Zerah says, don't worry, we can take away a little bit more, we can take away three more, and therefore we'll be back to 48. Which three are we taking away? Reb Zerah says that on Shabbos, we're not token L'Psichas Sha'arim, we don't, we don't blow Shofar when the doors open. So says Rava, and this was their uh, colloquialism of the day. This was their little punch to the gut. Who is this person who doesn't grind up his flour carefully? Uh, obviously a mashal. Who is this person who doesn't think before he speaks? He doesn't care if his flour is ground coarsely or finely, right? In Kemach in Torah. This is Melchan Shal Torah. They're fighting. Rava's like, what are you talking about? Where did you get this idea from that you don't blow shofar by the psichas sharm when a gate is open? Who says? Chada, first of all, says Rava, the reason I know that you don't know what you're talking about is the Bechal Yom. It's not. The Mishnah says Bechal Yom. Bechal Yom means every day. You want to say not Shabbos, say chutz Shabbos. It says every day. So I know you can't be right. And second of all, the ode, let's assume for a moment that you were right, Reb Zera. Let's assume that both cases, Erev Shabbos that was on Chag and Shabbos that was on Chag, let's assume that both of them really were, really were 48 tekios. If that's the case, you should have listed that case, the case of Shabbos that overlaps with the Chag, and not what we actually listed, which is Erev Shabbos that overlaps with Chag, because this way with Shabbos, we can learn two things. We can learn the halacha of Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov that he says that we do not do 
tkios on the stairs on the way down. And we can also learn the halacha of Rab Acha Barchanina, a second din that when there are two korbanos musaf, then we do nine and nine. But they didn't do that. So therefore, the Gemara outright rejects the sheet of Rav Zeira, and, Rav, and Rava, who rejected Rav Zeira, gives his own answer. Eloma Rava Rava says, no, the reason why we can't talk about Shabbos in our Mishnah is because, as you may recall, on Shabbos, when we do the Nisuch HaMayim, all the pomp and circumstance of going to get the water is not present because we don't collect the water for Nisuch HaMayim on Shabbos. So we're missing dozens of, of the tkios, says the Gemara. Eloma Rava, at 10 lines from the bottom on Nandal the Medalaf. Rava says, Lefisha'in. There's no milui mayim on Shabbos. So you went out the eastern gate. You I got to the got to the place where you collected the water. None of that. None of that happens. Forget about 48. We can't use the example of Shabbos to teach us that there are 48 tkios because on Shabbos we don't collect the waters of Nisuchamayim. So the Mishnah was forced, in essence, to pick a case that wasn't Shabbos in order to indicate the maximum number of tkios. That case was Erev Shabbos that fell out on Yontif. And that is an excellent explanation as to why our Mishnah says what it says, that it focuses on a case of Erev Shabbos and not a case of Shabbos. Says the Gemara, fine, nami, why don't you teach a different case? Nami, Maybe you should have done a little different. Nirsa Hashem, Rosh Hashanah is upon us. Let's say that our Mishnah would have given a different case. Rosh Hashanah, Shechalios B'Shabbos. You have a case where Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos. Dehaika Tlasa Musafin. You have three separate chiyuvim of, uh, of a Korban Musaf. Number one, you have Musaf to Rosh Hashanah. It's own holiday. Listed in the Torah as a separate holiday. Even though it is Rosh Chodesh, it is distinct from Rosh Chodesh and it's Korban. Different Korban. And then you have Musaf to Rosh Chodesh, number two. And then you have Musaf to Shabbos, number three. You want to you wanna flaunt your answer about Ravacha that every korban gets nine sets of, give me the craziest case of, of Rosh Hashanah that falls out on Shabbos. It says the Gemara, that can't be. Erev Shabbos, Shabbos Chag, the case that our Mishnah used, the simpler case of Erev Shabbos at Tan Chag, Itzrich Leila Ashwin, and we needed that case specifically, Kid Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, to specifically teach us about the Sheet of Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, which is that what? That the Nisu Chamayim, that when they go down the stairs, that they do the Tkiah on the day, uh, uh, that they do the Tkiah on the 10th stair, but that doesn't apply on Shabbos. So therefore, we needed that. So it says the Gemara, that's great that you needed that case. Why don't we teach more than one? Atu Mika Amar, just because of that, listening, Havilo, listening, huh? You're, so what? So teach me the case of the Arab Shabbos case, but also teach me the Rosh Hashanah case. Give me everything. Why are you only teaching me one case? Teach me two cases. There's two cases where we do 48, 48 uh, tkios. Great. Wonderful. Why are you being so limited? Only one narrow case of Arab Shabbos that falls out on Chag. What about our case of Rosh Hashanah? We can figure all of it out. Says the Gemara, two lines from the bottom. Listening, huh? Listening, huh? Teach me both of them. So says the Gemara, the Gemara answers over here, two lines from the bottom, ton of a shear. The Brisa taught something, he taught it once, and then he left out all of the other examples. This is similar in concept to a binyan av, except that a binyan av is an extrapolation of one halachic area to many others, but the concept is similar. The point over here is that our Mishnah had to pick a maximum sample of 48 kios that happened in one day. The example that our Mishnah picked was when Erev Shabbos falls out to be on the Chag. 
It's ton of a shear. He's not disagreeing. There are other cases where there are 48 kios. He's Moscow. He's not excluding them. You're right. You're right. I'm not making a laundry list right now. I'm going to give you one example. You're a smart guy. Go figure out what the other cases are that have 48 kios. Go learn. I'm giving you one example. Also says the Gemara, my shear, the high shear. When you said shear and the Mishnah that you're leaving something out, what did you leave out? Okay, you gave me the case of Erev Shabbos that falls out on Yontif, where we know that the number is 48 as enumerated in the Mishnah and Gimel Amad Beis. But what, is the, what are the other cases that you were implying that you left out? So says the Gemara, last few words on Nundal, Ramad Aleph, Shir Erev HaPesach. The cases where we left out Erev Pesach. So says the Gemara, Erev Pesach, you can't use that as an example. By the way, Rashi goes through the numbers of how they get to 48. We don't have time to do that. So says the Gemara, Imishum Erev Pesach, if you want to say that Erev Pesach is the example, is your example of one of the cases of 48 kios that were left out by the Tan of our Mishnah, Lav Shiyuru. That can't be one of the cases that was excluded by our Mishnah. Deham money, because who is that like? Rabbi Hudahi. What does Rabbi Huda say? That we didn't get to the number of 48. Rabbi Huda says, and we've learned this before, that there were so many people that had to bring the Korban Pesach that there were like multiple shifts. And people would, when they were saying Hallel on, on Pesach, which is part of the enumeration here, how they got to 48, is that they would say Hallel with Tkios. So to Amar, the second line on Nandalan Rebbe says, what did Rabbi Huda say? in all of the days, they never ended up getting really to the third full cycle of Hallel. And if that's true, then the number isn't 48. And therefore, that can't be the case of one of the 48s that you left out. One of the cases of 48 kios that didn't happen. So that's a good argument, except for one thing. Says the Gemara, and here's a little bit of a girsa change. Instead of ha'ukimna, uh, ha the Gemara should read the ha'amris reisha. But wait a second, didn't we learn the first part of the Gemara today? Indicated that Rav Yehuda was of the opinion that a tkiya true tkiya is only one mitzvah, and he held that the minimum number of tkiyos would be seven. Uh, yeah, seven. So says the Gemara. Wait a minute. We already determined that our Mishnah is not like Rav Yehuda. Says the Gemara, Amris Reisha, We already rejected that. We don't hold like him that the Tkiyah Chortzki is one mitzvah. So all of a sudden over here, you're holding like him. You're like a fair weather fan. Why? Well, a good question. Now we hold like Rabbi Huda. No, no. Says the Gemara. Well, maybe not so. Not so fast. The Gemara says five lines down. The Dilma. Maybe we should say that High Tana Maybe we can bifurcate. Now, Rabbi Huda, we disagree with you in regards to the tkios. It's true. The Tana of our Mishnah indicates that the minimum number of tkios that can take place is 21. You hold seven. Fundamental disagreement in how we break down the tkios based on the psukim that we saw. Fine. But maybe on a different halachic topic, the Tana of our Mishnah could still hold like Rabbi Huda. And what would that be? That they never finished the third halal and there weren't enough tkios. That's not necessarily true. It's not necessarily a problem to, to say that, that the Tan of our Mishnah can hold like Rabbi Huda in one area and not in another. And if that's the case, then Erev Pesach can't be the example of that which the Tana left out. So let's try again, six, seven lines down. Ella, my shear to high shear. When we said that something was left out of our Mishnah, that the Tana of our Mishnah only gave one example of the maximum number of Tkios of 48, which was the case of Erev, uh, of Erev Shabbos that fell out on, on Sukkis. So then what are the other examples that you left out? Says the Gemara, shear. Erev Pesach, Shechal Yos, Erev Shabbos. And in that case, 
Apik Shis the Ayel Shis. In a case of Erev Pesach that falls out on Erev Shabbos, yes, you're right, Apik Shis, we have to remove some of them because of the fact that we didn't finish that Hallel. I agree. But if you make it also Erev Shabbos, the six that you lost out in the Hallel, you gained in that it's Erev Shabbos because on Erev Shabbos, you need an additional six. So now we're back to 48 and the Gemara has its conclusion. That brings us to the two dots, 10 lines down, just to review. Why did our Mishnah use only one single example of a case of the maximum of 48 kios where Erev Shabbos falls out to be in the middle of Chag? And the Gemara answers, Tan of Ashir, our Tan only gave one example, but there are other examples of 48. What is one of the examples of 48? And the answer is that, uh, is that we, when we have a case of Erev Shabbos that falls out on Erev Pesach, Granted, you might not get enough of the tkios in the Hallels because in that third group on, um, on Pesach, there weren't enough Jews for the whole Hallel to be finished. But because it's Erev Shabbos, you're doing extra tkios, we'll get to 48. Okay. Why were there not enough Jews in the third group? Just everyone packed it in the Chabura. There were so many people that had enough to eat in the first two rounds. They uh, didn't get to finish the, just logistics. It was just a, uh, the number of people, apparently. Remember, we learned about this. They remember they, they took a body part, uh, a body part of one of the animals or a coin. Like the Gemara discusses, what was it a kidney? That was what it was. The Gemara says that they collected all the kidneys and there were 1.2 million kidneys. Agrippas, Agrippas, I know. And they said, no, it can't be the kidney because that's good. That's, that's, it gets to be burned. It's, it's kachim. You can't do that. It might be halakhically problematic. But they counted whatever the number is 1.2 million. It's a lot of people. But uh, the base of Mikdash was rocking. That's some serious volume. Very efficient. Very efficient. And a lot of blood. For, it's not meant for the squeamish of heart. Yes. Thank God it didn't smell though. That's true. All right. 10 lines down at the next two dots. Says the Gemara, we said the maximum number of korbanos, it, of, uh, excuse me, of tkios in the Mishnah is 48. We can't get higher than that. Says the Gemara, that's probably not true. Velo. How can you say that? Erev the Machlokas about uh, Hallel. Do we say that it's 51? Do we say that it's even more 57? But no matter what, if you have Arab Pesach that falls out on Shabbos, because on Shabbos you have that extra Korban Mosaf and you have all of the changes uh, that apply there. So the numbers would be too high, says the Gemara. Kikatani, what cases was our Mishnah taught? When does our Mishnah say that the maximum is 48? That's in a regular case that applies every year. Kikatani, when we say the maximum is 48, that's midi di shana. That applies in cases that, that recur, that happen every single year. But Erev HaPesach Shechalios B'Shabbos, but the case of Arab Pesach that happens to coincide with Shabbos, which is quite a logistical difficulty, as we may recall over the recent past, to get all the meals in before the Zman or Chomets is not so pasha. In Yeshivu in Kolo, we did this. We ate, we ate it. We dive into like six. We had our first suit at like 7.30 in the morning, and you get up, take a walk, a shpatzir, wash again, eat another suit. It's very difficult. There are other shitas, other people, whatever, another time. Says the Gemara that that case didn't apply all the time. Says the Gemara, Okay, what about your example? What, what was the example of our Mishnah that we said? The, the example of our Mishnah was Erev Shabbos that falls out on the holiday. It's not necessarily the case that you'll have an Erev Shabbos that falls out on the holiday. This should be annoying to us because there are seven days of of the holiday. How do you have one of those days not being? Sukkot starts on Shabbos. You won't have an Arab Shabbos that falls on Sukkot. 
So says the Gemara, it's not uncommon to have that case. What is the answer? When Yom Tov Rishon falls out right with Erev Shabbos. Perfect. Because on that day, there's no Nisu Chamayim. So the maximums don't apply in that case. So then uh, that's what the Gemara says. That's what the Gemara says, that we don't have that case. And then the Gemara says as follows, Ki mikla yom tov rishon midcha No, your case doesn't apply. Your concern doesn't apply. Because when we have a scenario where yom tov rishon, where the first day of yontif coincides with Erev Shabbos, midcha we change how many days are in the month of Elul to push everything off one day. Why? My taima. Because if the first day of Sukkot will fall out on Erev Shabbos, then what did that mean for Yom HaKippurim? Yom HaKippurim, it means that it would be B'chad B'Shabbos. And that can't work. What? B'chad B'Shabbos on Sunday. Did I say Shabbos? No. Oh, it would be so. Oh, you're doing the math. Yeah, I wouldn't have known that. Yeah, so it says Bechad Bishabbos. What's the problem with that? Well, what? Shabbos coming into Sunday is that means so what? So what? Rashi's going to answer this, but I, I would I didn't even think it, it's things we don't think about. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi is about five six lines before the super wide lines of Rashi, two thirds of the way down. What was the big deal if Yom Kippur ends up falling out on Sunday? Rashi says mishum yarkaya about their their foods and vegetables that they won't last so long because. You got to have food to eat on, on Mote Yom Kippur. You got to, what are you going to do? You can't harvest anything. What are you going to do? You have to eat. Umishu Mesaya and people who die, Rachman Olatzlan on Shabbos, they can't be buried on, they can't be buried on the second day. It's it's not a Kavad Ames. So the Gemara says this in Masechus Rosh Hashanah. We'll get there shortly, Mir Hashem. And that's why the Gemara says, Bechad Bishabbos, that's an unacceptable date. And therefore, Manche Dachinan, in Elul, we stagger everything to make sure that this doesn't happen, that Yom Kippur will fall out on a Sunday. Hilkach Dachinanle. Says the Gemara, Mi Dachinanle. It's not so posh that we just push off Yom Kippur. Why? How do we know this? Because the Mishnayah speak about this, but it's not. The Mishnah writes, we learned this already somewhere. Where was this? The Gemara Masechah Shabbos and the Masechah Yuma. Okay, the Gemara says, but it's not the Mishnah writes, Chelve Shabbos Kraven Beyom that we know that if there are Chalavim, there are fats left over from, from Korbanos on Shabbos. So the Halacha is that they that the uh, that these Chalavim, these fats can be burned on Yom Kippur, which is the next day. What does that show you? That Shabbos can be followed by Yom Kippur. You just said Dachinan. Not true. The, bride, the Mishnah does not say that. When they were looking into this, what they said was as follows. When the Brisa says, Yom HaKippurim Shechal Yos Erev Shabbos, Lo Hayu Token, that they would not do Tzkiah Shofar on that particular day. And here's the key part for us. That line is not relevant for us. The Brisa says, Uvim Motze Shabbos, when it bumped into Yom Kippur, Lo Hayu Mavdilin, went straight into Yom Kippur. And what was our assumption? Divrei HaKoli. Nobody argued with it. Everyone seemed to say that there was Yom Kippur on Sunday. So you're trying to say that there's no such thing as a case of Sukkot, Erev Shabbos, that case that we tried to create 
It's not true because we do hold that Yom Kippur can happen on that day. So says the Gemara, just to finalize this question, when he, when he went to, to this new location, when he was moving and traveling, and this was a sheet of Rabbi Akiva. So we have a black on white machlokas. We have Rabbi Akiva saying that there's absolutely no problem at all of having Yom, Yom Kippur being on Chad B'Shalis on, on Sunday. Our Gemara seems to present that it's not such a good idea and says the Gemara, Lokasha. This is not a problem. We're going to be ending with this Gemara's answer. The Gemara says, you're right, it's taka machlokas. And what is the shita of acherim? We're only going to see one shita now. The Tanya, the Brisa writes, acherim omrim, they give a general rule about the calendar. From one year of Shavuos to the next year of Shavuos. What day of the week does it start on one year and what day of the week does it start on the next? And So that's how you can always do the math. If in year one, Shavuos was on day X, or Rosh Hashanah was on day X, one, two, three, four. That fourth day will be Shavuos the next year. So let's say that Shavuos this past year was on a Monday. So then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the next year it should be on Friday, fixed calendar. So what is implied from this? Uh, that we don't make changes to the calendar. And this is a, a, a subtle diuk. It's not strong, but it's the sheets of Acherim. It's predictable. Our calendar is predictable, which means that even if that Yom Kippur is going to fall out on a Sunday, we don't make a change to solve that problem. We leave it. That's Rabbi Akiva. That's what we just saw. And the, this uh, Brisa closes out. If happens to be a leap year, then your math equation of Shavuos and Tavshin Pei Aleph, the Shavuos and Tavshin Pei Beis, won't be four days, it'll be five days. So this shita shows us rather clearly, it shows us fairly clearly that there are no bumps in the calendar where we say, hold on one second, we need to modify a day in Elul, otherwise you don't get, no, we don't do that. So we're going to stop right here. The Gemara is going to ask some questions on this tomorrow. We're stopping uh, on the second of the wide lines in Nandala Dhammabes. We'll pick up here tomorrow night. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Good.